All right, this episode is sponsored by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $4.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. There are a lot of great movies available right now, among them Lars von Trier's Melancholia, starring Kirsten Dunst. This was a favorite of uh, David's the year it came out, and we highly recommend it. Uh, There is also a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try Mubi free for a month. Just go to Mubi.com, that's M-U-B-I dot com slash Battleship to redeem now. Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yeah. How you doing? I'm, I'm feeling like the timber of the room is a little off for us. I know. It's, it's not, uh, I feel like astute listeners might, might be able to tell we're in a different locale. I hope, yeah, it's maybe a bit more echoey than my office. Not quite as cozy. Not as many Riddlers well, let's on not, the wall. Let's not insult the people whose uh, workspace <laughs> we're in right here. Well, I could say it's a, a much more professional environment than my right, office. Right, right. Uh, um, it feels like this is a place where people go to record real podcasts. <laughs> and that, that, that it is. Um, but this is a very, let's get to it, because this is a very special episode. Indeed, yes. And in that we're doing it a different way. We're essentially, we're doing a crossover episode. Yeah. This is like when... Uh, Gus uh, Grissom or whatever, Gil, what's his name, on CSI went down to Miami to help... Gil Grissom? Gus Grissom, Gil, the astronaut, Gus Grissom who, the who astronaut, died in the fire? Yeah, okay. I always, yeah, I get them mixed up. Fred Ward played him in the right stuff. <laughs> That's the one. Um, yeah, Gil went down to Miami to help uh, uh, the guy from Jade mm-hmm. uh, solve a crime. Yeah. It's that kind of a crossover episode. Okay, all right. See, I, um, I view it as recently... In a, in you know uh, fi- in in television, it went down in television history. Crossover between the Flash Family and Guy oh. and The Simpsons. Okay. That was really. I mean, you're a TV guy. I mean, you know, you sure. get it. I know about how important uh, a television <laughs> moment that was. You know, that episode actually know. turned out to not be super terrible because they actually addressed. I okay. Well, our guest doesn't care. <laughs> I for did. It. I, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I I at least like that they addressed. People's concerns going so, in, not well, but they at least addressed <laughs> okay. it. Okay. Well, anyway, you, sorry. You mentioned a guest. Are we now? Part of the philosophical question of this episode is: Are we the guests or are they the guests? Because we're doing a, this is a, a a double a double episode. Yeah. And you, you're only hearing the first half of double so, trouble. That's what I say, the, David. The, the second half you will have to turn in tune in to another podcast to hear the second half of it. So let's go ahead and introduce our guests. And, sure. Uh, pull or up should... the curtain on where we are. Why don't you go ahead and introduce the guest? Okay. So um, uh, I'm trying to think when they were last on. It might have. I mean, it's, it's been I think it, I think it might have been uh, over uh, well over a year at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were last on to talk about Zack Snyder's Opus, S- Superman. 
Man of Steel. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Superman. Yeah. That's Superman of Steel. <laughs> who has time for a simple title like Superman yeah. in 2014? <laughs> My fault. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, the the hosts of the 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 rock solid. Oh, pardon me. Hang on a second. One host sure. and a co-host. Uh, one host and then one of several co-hosts. Yes. I want to make sure I got this right. I don't want to give you any more credit than you are. <laughs> Thank <due>. you. Uh, <laughs> Pat Francis and Mike Siegel. How are you hey, guys doing? I can talk now. I don't talk until my name is said. I, I, you know what? We appreciate that. Now, <clears throat> that's Pat talking right now, by the way. Yes. And I'm Mike. Normally, hello, it, it Battleship is, Pretension. Hello, people. Battleship Pretension, and thank you for having us here. Um, it is a little echoey, but when we, when we do our podcast, we have a smaller table, and it's pushed in yeah. this corner a little bit. You guys might want to just get on those mics and get, get yeah. up close and personal. But I agree with you. I feel like I've gotten up, up close and personal. I think you're good. Mm-hmm. Closer. I, think you're good. I can feel it on my whiskers. <laughs> How's oh, that? Is that okay? Well, if I had a dime for every... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. But uh, You were saying, Pat. I was, I was going to say, uh, when he was saying we don't want to give any more credit or less credit, but no, I, 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 it's, you know, I, I think that they're, I think all the co-hosts are, do a great job and they I can't really do the show without them. Like you try, but we all have our favorites, you know. (laughs) Oh, I know. I like Murray. (laughs) Yeah, I like April. This Um, is uncomfortable. I like you, Pat. Oh, you you son of Christy. You like Christy? Uh, never heard Christy. I'm trying to think if I've. Well, I don't remember what I just. I just got an email this week that said, "Hey, I want more of the funny. When's Mike coming back?" Hey, oh, that's That's nice. All right, well, so but no, everyone does have you guys are bringing the the funny to our show, but what you are also Uh bringing is the format. Yes, indeed, yes, which is more kind of your form. It's a blend of both of our. It's a blend of both formats. A marriage. But you guys don't play music, and we play music. Yes, we very rarely play music. We play music probably once a year when we talk about our favorite film scores okay. and stuff like that. But we're not talking about scores here. Let's, we're uh, not. Real, real quick, let's take a moment to pay some bills. All right. And thanks for that. Um, you may have noticed a slight change in the sound quality. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we are banking this in advance. Um, so, uh, yeah, we have talked about film scores before, but to have the rock solid guys on, we wanted to take as our topic, not film scores, right. but film soundtra- soundtracks. Yeah. Rock and roll music, popular music. Used in movies, presented uh, output from the movies as an album. You could not have seemed older than just when you said popular music. <laughs> yeah. You know, that the kids that's are, how I like to talk about it. That you yeah. might want to put on a gramophone uh, <laughs> of some sort, a phonograph. Uh, and it's, by the way, it's fitting, uh, or, or it's a great coincidence that we picked this as a, as a topic because I recently saw a movie that's out in theaters. I think, well, by the time you're hearing this, is out. Uh, the Gambler. I don't know if any of you have seen The Gambler yet. Now, does it have a good soundtrack? I can't wait to buy the soundtrack. It cool. has fantastic stuff spanning decades, and I hope that our show today does the same. Now, yeah. David, you know that <clears throat> that on the li- on like the list of like three or four songs that I feel comfortable singing in a karaoke format, <laughs> Kenny Rogers' The Gambler okay. is number one. If you're expecting <laughs> that song to be in Rupert Wyatt's film, The Gambler, you'll be sorely disappointed. Well, they it's just lost the sale. Yeah, I, f- <laughs> I feel like that's not an unreasonable <laughs> expectation. Yeah. I'm excited now because I didn't know Rupert Wyatt directed that film. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was one of those, possibly one of those Mark Wahlberg films that gets dumped at the end of the year. Like some, he, Wahlberg always says, "When this is coming out in December." What was the stinkeroo he had last year that, that disappeared real quick? Well, he's always got one that gets dumped in like, like January. January. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I will be uh, longtime listeners of Battleship Attention know that I love to defend two guns. The Mark Wahlberg Denzel Washington Ooh. collaboration. I didn't see it, but it's a cool action movie. Oh, there was the one they got dumped last year. He played a spy or something that was like a yeah. What I just remember one? the clip they were taping something to oh, contraband. Contraband. Oh, oh I, I saw that too. And then the, the, the billboards. It, 
he was re- he was lifting up his shirt to reveal money right. strapped to his chest. Yes. But it looked like he was just scratching his back. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Or, was, or look at my abs. Yeah. And then the, the year before that, it was the Russell Crowe, Mark Wahlberg one, where he was like, Russell Crowe was like the mayor. and the mayor, oh, Broken yeah. City. Yeah, that's bro. Not a, that's not a I terrible movie. I know, but that's just, it's still in that, uh, yeah. hey, Wahlberg in January. Yeah. Man, that guy makes a lot of movies, though. Jesus Christ. Right. And, he's a, and here's the thing is, uh, The Gambler is written by William Monaghan, right? Yeah, who wrote, wrote the, the Departed? Departed. Departed. Mm-hmm. The Depa- That's it. Yeah, yeah. And it's based on, isn't it based on the James Caan right, movie, The, the Gambler? Film. Yes. Oh, that was a great movie. Um, which I've actually never seen. So, uh, but now I really you, want now to now that I've it, seen because yeah. I actually quite liked The Gambler. It's a little, uh, no pun intended. It's a little low stakes, mm-hmm. but well, um, it's a, it's a it's a well well done movie with a. Well, great, I'm all cast. in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, you guys have brought the funny. Okay. That's, <laughs> well, that's, that's that debatable. The, that part of the podcast is done. Yes. No more jokes. No, no come on. Well, let me. Here's we're not going to talk at all? Are we going to blast through all these and, and just play music? Well, apparently. No, we're yeah. going to talk. Between, we're going to comment on songs. We're going to get tired for his yeah. soundtrack. And we're going to, you know, <laughs> you know how we do it. We'll talk when, we, yeah, when okay. the song's played that we think stinks, like one that I saw that. Um, Tyler's going to play. <laughs> I brought I brought a stinker or two. Oh, I'm sure hey, I brought. The, I have a I don't bunch of stinkers. Stand by these. In fact, uh, I stand by most of them. But uh, you just have reasons why you chose them. Yes, okay. absolutely. Let's, let's talk about the format because okay. my understanding of the format, and we'll see if everyone felt the same way, yeah. is that we're picking things that we think are great soundtrack albums, and we're picking selections from them because there are, there are some things that I there are some songs I didn't pick, mm-hmm. like I didn't pick. Take My Breath Away by, by Berlin from yeah. Top Gun. Yeah. Because I don't know that I stand by the entire soundtrack album. I think that's a little dated. I never like the Danger Zone song. Wait a minute. A Playing funny. with the boys, you don't think? <laughs> the most homoerotic uh, volleyball scene uh, ever in movies? And what's the, isn't there, a, there's, a, there's a Mike Reno, uh, there's a Loverboy ballad on there, I think. Oh, God. Well, see, the thing this is, getting like, gayer all the time. I, uh, I mean, I think that's a good sound. It might not, might not hold up, but I think that's right. a and solid I, soundtrack. I, Aha, I, full, I fully imagine that because of my being a little bit younger than you guys, I'm yeah. going to have so much stuff uh, right, right in our face. That. Yeah, right, right in there. our face. Just kick no, us I, down. I think Son I'm, I'm going to get made fun of by you guys for how 90s. I think six of the 10 soundtracks I picked are from the 90s. <laughs> well. Uh, because that's my that's my wheelhouse. Now, David, you yeah, said I got great soundtracks. And as Pat already knows from looking at my list, I went with notable soundtracks. Notable, notable, notable not soundtracks. Not necessarily great. Okay. okay. And uh, I also picked songs that I thought that, that, that make me... That take me back to a place or or that scene. I in did the a movie. lot of that too. I did a lot I of that. Where I'm like, oh, this absolutely. But um, but uh, most most of these are soundtracks that I own on CD and have yeah. been listening to for years. What's sad now is now you said you saw the Gambler and you said it has a, a, a soundtrack probably like Guardians of the Galaxy that like spans you know yeah, a, yeah. a time and place. But there's really original soundtrack recordings don't exist that much anymore. Where we're like, oh, here's here's a brand new soundtrack and it's got. 12 songs by 12 different artists and it's the well, new that doesn't really you know, happen in the age anymore. of the what single now, too yeah what they do now is this thing that uh, we actually just talked about this on Battleship Retention recently like the Hunger Games Mockingjay part 1 has the it's not the soundtrack it's the music inspired by the film inspired there's by, yeah. one so, like the big single plays during the closing credits right. and then there's 11 songs that aren't anywhere in the movie right. they're just to sell the soundtrack and some of them are okay or some of them aren't but yeah. I think that's that's where that has gone now Part of me as a music fan, I remember like if a soundtrack would come out and like, oh my God, cheap tricks on the soundtrack of that movie. 
I'm just going to buy it just because I like cheap trick I, and I need to have that one song. So I did. I have a ton of soundtracks like oh, with, yeah. with just I, like one or two songs. Yeah, on. I, and I you know, it's interesting uh, on my list. But now iTunes ruined that because now I could just go oh, yeah. and just pick a two song. And then if something, of, is, if something is album only, people get so furious. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I have a number of soundtracks to movies that I never saw. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a movie called First Love, Last Rites. I don't know anything about it. Oh, but oh. Shudder to Think did the entire soundtrack. I know that. Bunch soundtrack. Guest, with a bunch of guest musicians. Uh, yeah, like Robin Nina, Zander from Cheap Trick does a song. Okay, on there. and Nina Persson from uh, The Cardigans is on mm-hmm. there. The yeah. Corgan does one. It's a really cool soundtrack. I have no idea if the movie's any good at all. I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah, I is there even a movie? Too. Was there, there is. <laughs> there is. It just told you it was a soundtrack. There's a poster and a soundtrack. Yeah, it was a, yeah. the film. It's like we already made our money back on this yeah, soundtrack. The, yeah. yeah, the soundtrack's much better than the film. Let's just bury it. <laughs> yeah, there is a there is a movie that I never saw called Spirit of '76, and uh, it had a really good disco soundtrack and uh, that was back when uh, I'm not sure if I would say I was ever into disco but there were certain disco songs that I liked a lot is David and, Cassidy in that movie uh, I think so I yes think he is. I feel um, like you've given us the perfect segue to start have I if you don't mind me playing <laughs> oh. the first clip oh all you right. got oh all right you actually are we gonna a disco it up for my first one but that's <laughs> okay. all right um, well um, so um, we're gonna each play clips and talk a little bit so the first uh, the first clip that I picked the first song that I picked is from one of the greatest and probably highest-selling soundtrack albums of all time, which is the soundtrack to Saturday Night Fever. You can start it right at the beginning. It's uh, the Bee Gees, Staying Alive. And I think for a while, that was not only like the best-selling soundtrack of all time, it was the best-selling album of all time, I think, until Beat It. Yeah, I think That might right, have been right. the number one album of all time. Yeah. It's that through and it's through, huge. that thing was... We all knew it. We all had the album or... Well, Everybody again, had I'm it. a little bit younger than you guys. You didn't, but <laughs> we all did. How but old are you? Tell us how old you are. I'm... I always have to think, I'm 32. Good God, I could be your father. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> actually could. You actually could. Yeah, physically, it's well, yeah, absolutely made, pro- possible. I'm terrible choice. I am eight, terrible I, choices I am, along the way. I am 18 years older than him, so <laughs> man, man. if I had lost my virginity at that young age of 18, I would have. Uh, you were a slow learner, though. You were very slow. Way slow on the virginity. uptake. Yeah. That was a good call. Way to start it off, though. Yeah, that's a good one to start it off with. I'm glad. A classic. Uh, but yeah, what, what I'm saying, even like my not, I, I didn't. I think Saturday Night Fever as a movie. I think to someone who wasn't around when it came out, it has sort of a. Uh, it, it has a reputation it doesn't deserve where it's it's so much of its era that it's almost thought of as a joke because it's right. a reference. I knew it first as a it's reference in airplane. It's a dark airplane. movie. I, yeah. I went and saw it again. Like I remember Rocky. Seeing, I, and yeah. I there's like a, know what it is. There's like a rape scene yeah. in it yeah. and, yeah, and like terrible. a lot of violence. And, um, yeah. But yeah, so when I, I was probably a freshman, I was probably a sophomore in college mm-hmm. when I finally got around to watching Saturday Night Fever and it was not what I expected. I loved it. Uh, yeah. I've seen it multiple times since. It's a coming and, of age movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, and the album um, is, it, it holds up even to, you know. It, it really does. Yeah. Every song in the album is great. And you know, the music needs to be good. The soundtrack needs to be good because it is trying to get, I mean, these are people that are 
de- devoting their lives to dancing, and that's how they yeah. get their, that's how they get express themselves really. And so, if the music was just kind of really middle of the road disco, you'd be like, "Why are you devoting your life to this? It needs to be." I mean, all four of us when that started playing just couldn't yeah, help but like dancing. move a little bit. <laughs> and and, uh, so, and that's an original motion picture soundtrack. That those songs were all written for that film, and that's yeah. what doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, damn it. And Yvonne Elliman still getting paid from that. Yeah, but can't have you. I don't want nobody, baby. Does she have any other songs? <laughs> I don't think she does. She was in uh, the Jesus Christ Superstar, wasn't it? Didn't she play Mary? In Magdalene? I think you might be right. The, uh, well, I've told this story before on a number of times about Nick Lowe, mm-hmm. one of my favorite old-time guys, and he was been in a lot of bands that produced everyone, Elvis Costello. He wrote What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding, and all that. So he made a good living. But he, He's going to make it. Somebody, but he never really got big money yeah. until somebody did a cover of What's So Funny About Peace, Love, Curtis Steigers. On the Bodyguard soundtrack, soundtrack. Huh. which ended up selling, what, 20 million Just crazy copies amount, or something like yeah. that? And so he's And fine. so that, he, then he could finally, at 50-something, you know, relax and, you know, cash some checks. Yeah, one of my favorite musicians is Tom Waits. I'm sure you guys will make fun of me for that. But <laughs> I love his songwriting. I do, I'm not a, that fan of the singing. And the voice is tough to get past. The, the voice is acquired and, uh, taste. I find that there's a certain theatricality to the voice that I like quite yeah. a bit. But that's the thing. The songwriting, he makes so much money yeah. from like... Bruce Springsteen and Rod Stewart, and that sort of. But he's covered so much yeah. by people. Oh yeah, uh, Scarlett Seager. Johansson has a whole has a whole album of Tom Waits yeah. covers. The Ramones. Uh, yeah, he yeah. makes so much money from that that he could make nothing on his albums, yeah. which I think which is he doesn't. What he does, he, yeah. he, he makes nothing. And so uh, it's just astounding to me because those. Song, I mean, his, lyrically, he's he's wonderful. Yeah, the songs are incredible. They are yeah. they're just incredible. Like when I would when I downbound train. Yeah, I downtown mean, train. How many times downbound. has that been covered? Downtown. Downtown covered by Rod Stewart, Patti Smythe, Mary Chafin Carpenter. I have tons of versions of that. And then, uh, Bob Seger covered Downtown Train. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, who's going to follow up Staying Alive? Who's going to... Let's try to make a flow. So, yeah, let's... All let's, right. The two right. hosts of the show. Let's Why take just, time. Yeah, you got to follow up the big hit here. Radical. Oh, by the way, speaking of the, the, the legacy of the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, we can't talk about that talking about the part in The Fighter when Christian Bale sings How Deep Is Your Love to Melissa Leo in the car, which is, I didn't love that movie, but it's the best scene in the movie. Too. It it's is. pretty great. All right. Uh, okay, so. so uh, are, are, where, are am I st- where am I starting this from? Uh, 30 seconds. Um, so let me, let me set this up. Sure. I feel like you're about to make, is this the one you're making fun of me for? No, this right. is not my, uh, all right. this is not my <laughs> favorite thing. I'm not going to look. Because here's the deal. I was seven years old when I first heard this song. Well, that is In different. a film that is notable, and this is another, not unlike uh, Saturday Night Fever, mm-hmm. th- these songs were written for the film all by one artist. Yeah. Uh, and I f- and it's in- inter- interestingly enough, when you said Grissom, there's a character in this film named uh, Boss Carl Grissom, mm-hmm. played by Jack Palance. Uh, so that's an odd you're my, uh, coincidence. You're my number one guy. You are my number one. Okay, so here's the deal. <clears throat> The song that I want to play is called Party Man oh, by Prince. I know what from you're... The, ah. From the film Batman. Here's what I like. It's better than that, Bat Dance. I'll tell you, the Bat Dance oh, is a it is better stink than bat bomb. Dance. Yeah, they can't all be winners. <laughs> Trust is a really good song from that, from that soundtrack. But here's the deal. Uh, when I was seven, uh, and even now, when I think back on that sequence, because mm-hmm. basically, Joker has just, I'm going to say, killed a museum full of people. Yeah. And then... He has, he has someone play this song as he dances around their corpses, defiling mm-hmm. art. Mm-hmm. And the song is, is 
it always struck me as interesting that like Joker just sees himself as this party man. He just <laughs> likes to have fun. He's also a horrible psychopathic murderer, mm-hmm. but this is just how he sees himself. And I always thought that was really interesting. And uh, and I and I do find the song maybe not uh, brilliant, but it's catchy. I think. And so uh, and I and that's the thing. And I think it is so. It's so linked to that sequence for me. And I do like that sequence yeah. a lot. And interesting story. So David I and I go we to... should play the song and then talk about it after. Let's uh, hear it. Let me give, give okay, you a yeah, little yeah. taste of Party Man here. <clears throat> this is a song 30 for, seconds. for a seven-year-old. It is. That's 30 seconds. That's cool. That's fine. Now, I, I, I would tell you... Now, Enough to get the gist. So here's the deal. That's not... I mean, uh, by alone, if that was just on a Prince album in 89, that might be a fine song. I just don't know that his songs melded with the Batman movie. I think they melded as well as they could. For, uh, for obviously, it was a studio note. Um, what was that? I was 25, and it did not oh, work shit. for yeah, me yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just one of the... It's, it's an interesting thing, because, like... I was young enough mm-hmm. that, I mean, of course, Danny Elfman's score is amazing. Yeah. How on earth do you gel that score with, this, right, with songs like this? Right. But, um, but I thought it, uh, I'm not sure if I'd say it worked very well, but it was indelible for me. So I will say that uh, the songs that I'll be playing are songs that had an impact, or the, the soundtracks mm-hmm. had an impact on me as a film goer, and I do have them listed in order of when I was exposed to them. That's cool. So seven years oh, old. Oh, wow. Party Man by Prince. And I will say real quick. Guy did his homework. Mm-hmm. David and I uh, went to, we go to Comic-Con regularly. Mm-hmm. And there are people that dress up and all that. There is a guy who Once dresses up. That's how regularly we go. <laughs> Once every year we and go then, to Comic-Con. And then, and then we will also go. You don't one. go three or four times a year? <laughs> just, just we just go to the convention very center. But it's not, in the people outfit. don't dress up as much <laughs> as at those other conventions. Um, but there's a guy who uh, uh, dresses up as the Joker. Specifically, the Jack Nicholson Joker. Okay. He's built an appliance. So that his smile looks the same. All right. Uh, and he specifically dressed up as Joker from that scene where Vicky Vale has thrown water into his face and the flesh-colored makeup is streaming down his face. Yes. And underneath is the white. That guy came in <laughs> to the convention center. Did you faint? With a guy dressed up as one of the goons with a big stereo playing Party Man. And he's just dancing. <laughs> That's an the entrance. Con- and it's just like... <laughs> I love this man That's so great. much. That's, That's great. commitment. Mm-hmm. For that so. day, that guy was king of the world. <laughs> no question. He was the party man. I follow him on Facebook. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, no. <laughs> you follow party man. Um, okay, Pat, what are you going to do? How, gonna, how are you jumping out of the well, box? Dude, I'm going to jump right in to 1984. I'm going to jump right into the Footloose soundtrack. Oh. There we go. There's a scene in Footloose. I didn't bring this in because I figured you would. I don't think you know what I'm saying. I don't know if you know the scene. Is this a tractor fight? Um, this is the scene. I'm not. Sure. This is the scene when they're when they're driving down and Laurie Singer's between the two cars. Okay, and she's like the wild, you know. Yeah. She's the okay. so, daughter. Yeah, and uh, and the song that plays during that scene is a song by the Red Rocker, Sammy Hager, <laughs> and it's a song called "The Girl Gets Around." <laughs> Well, not just the boy who believes what he sees, but she's got a kiss 
little one in the nose. All right, yeah. I'll tell you what, that car is not going 55. No, it's not. It's being pulled Can't. by a... Cannot no. drive 55. No, no. With Sammy around. No way. Um, so, yeah, that, there's that, so many classic rock references that I only know from you guys and Jimmy Pardo. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry about that. But that song was a big one. Yeah, and that song was perfect for that scene. Like, even though the lyrics are right on the nose, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know exactly the girl he's talking about. And it's her. It's Lori Singer. If we get through this whole thing with nobody playing Kenny Loggins, that would be an affront <laughs> to Mr. Loggins. Because there was a the five-year stretch where he owned soundtracks. King of soundtracks. Even, he even had a song on uh, Over the Top, the, uh, the arm wrestling movie. He did? With Sylvester Stallone, yeah. Oh, it just, oh, it it just barely brought that. Uh, missed my list. <laughs> did it really? No, of course not. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I had the Footloose soundtrack on a cassette tape when I... What? Um, uh, yeah, I know that's a it's a long time. When I when I had one of my teenage cars, yeah. one of the cars that I drove when I was a teenager didn't have a CD player, and so I would go to like thrift stores and stuff mm. where you could buy cassette tapes because you couldn't buy them yeah, anymore. For a sweet right. three ninety nine, <laughs> yeah, uh, and yeah, Footloose got heavy heavy rotation. Sure, that's how CDs are right now with me. I mean, I go to the UCD place and like I'm getting all kinds of great stuff for like oh, three ninety nine. I know. Yeah, I, I just I had to stop. So Although, that soundtrack was also, oh, of course, the title track was the big hit. Yeah. yeah. What was the other? There was well, some other. Holding Out for a Hero, which Holding is Out for a Hero. That's, yeah. that's sure. the tractor fight. There's Almost Paradise. Yep. Let's Almost Paradise. That was my prom theme one and, year. And Wilson. Right. Let's hear it for the boy. Let's hear it for the boy. Yeah. yeah. That was, was when, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's got, it's got great, uh, great songs on it. By Denise. Uh, Denise Williams. Yeah. Um, well, uh, speaking, I'm going to play something, if we're going to go way back, to the first soundtrack I ever bought. And this came out, I was 10 years old. Wow. It rocked my world, as it did uh, many of yours. <laughs> and I went out and bought everything associated with this movie. Oh and boy. it was not my kind of music. Um, but yet, it, it was the thing that year. It and this, this song actually made the charts, the Billboard Top 100. Where am I taking this from? From the beginning. Right. And just sit, picture yourself in the theater. I'll close my the eyes. The lights dim. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, I, I own that soundtrack too. And why does a 13 year old kid own no that soundtrack? No, John Williams' name. We, yeah, yeah, why? It's crazy. Wasn't there a disco version of that that there also is. did well? Yes. I think and, I actually um, am aware of that from this show. I, I think played it. Played I think it here. Yeah, yeah. I played it on a while the. Ago. Uh, um, it broke. It was a disco version and then it broke in the middle to the. To the cantina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Star Wars slash cantina theme was the hit. I'm trying to think if But that one actually made the chart, too. I'm trying to think if there is any music, any uh, film score theme these days, or like even in the last 20 years, that would hit the charts like that. No, not like that. I, I mean, that's classical so. music, basically. No. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, kids bought it. That's what kids are. I yes, remember. I had it. A double album. But I do remember I, I played that song, and then the, the, the Cantina the song Cantina was fun. Yeah. And then it was a score. I mean, it was like a lot of background <laughs> but music. But yeah, I listened to it, like, once through. And the Darth Vader theme music. When, oh, there you go. I used to put it on when I would go to bed at night. I think I would put it on and just, like, fall asleep. It was like a double album, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of score. It was a lot. It was a lot. And you would turn on, you know, you would turn on the Tatooine theme or whatever and stare into the two suns and wonder where your life had gone. 
I have to go to the Tashi station and get some power converters. You was man up. I hate Star That's Wars. That's our hero. So much. Do you hate Star Wars? As an adult now, I do. I only like I like Empire Strikes Back. Sure. Yeah. I like some stuff well, about that's, that's Star Wars because it introduced the world to yeah. us. But yeah, then everything else, I don't like it. I'm pretty much with you. Yeah. I I uh... I mean, am I so? Am I excited about this new movie? I'm, I will see it. And maybe it'll win me over, but I can't say like I'm excited. What about the girls? Have you have, you, have they seen it? They, Your daughters? Yeah. For a moment, I, I thought you were like, the girls. You what about the, the girls, girls in the movie? Yeah. <laughs> what about the ladies? Oh, I love them. I, I love the girls in the movie. This one's going out for the ladies. Um, Sarah's seen it, and she. Uh, but it's so it's so much a part of uh, of of the world now. Like she she knew that Darth Vader is Luke's father. Dad, yeah. So yeah. the only real surprise for her was like when Yoda says there is another. Yeah. And she was like. Who is that? And she <laughs> and and she thought she thought it was Han, but she never th- knew thought that it was going to be Princess Leia. Mm. But and when she found that out, she was so excited because it's a girl and the girl yeah. has the four. You know, so That's awesome. so that was cool. But it was fun watching. It was I don't if Rita wants to watch them, I'll watch them with her too. But uh, and I don't I don't I don't put my opinions on the kids. Like sure. If, if we uh, like last night, we went to see MythBusters live mm. at the Nokia Theater, and it was it was fine. What did you learn? Like uh, what, what myths did you go in believing really that bust you Gravity. It was weird. Are you <laughs> with me? They did a thing where they took, uh, they took, they taught you how to ring the bell with one of those um, at the carnival game. Oh yeah, there's a trick to it. Yeah, yeah. They just say uh, hold it in front of you, and, and instead of like some people like take it from behind them and do the whole big swing thing, and they just hold it in front of you and just do like this. This is a podcast, right? Yeah, but, but just like, like straight down, straight, straight down, down from your chest, and push the whole way through. And you'll, so you'll basically ring. hit it hard. <laughs> yes, but they, there, there was a technique. Because <laughs> they, brought, they brought this big guy out and had him do it. And, he couldn't, and then, they brought the, then they had this little girl, and she did it. Huh. And they had different size hammers. They said, if they give you a mallet that this big, you got to do this. And so that was pretty neat. But like at the end of the show, she said, oh, that was awesome. And I didn't think it was awesome. But I said... Yeah, it was really great. I'm glad we can. You know what I mean? That's, so I don't put my views. Do they teach you how to keep the goldfish alive more than a day that you win? <laughs> no, that would, be, that would be nice. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, here's a real quick uh, another Comic-Con story. We didn't get in off regards, track. That was about movies. No. Okay. <laughs> in regards to Star Wars. Yes. Uh, another Comic-Con story. Uh, if you go to Comic-Con or WonderCon, you will likely see at least two or three Jabba's Palace, Princess Leia's. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, oh, that's a. But that's how many? Are, how many? Are, I'm, I'm, how yeah, many are I'm worth? In. But how many are worth the look? Yeah. How they, many should be wearing know. the outfit? Pat, yeah. All of them. <laughs> Everyone at Comic Con is beautiful. <laughs> well, I mean, and uh, I appreciate. Perhaps that. we can I, throw I, the word I, conventionally in. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, because it's a Comic Con. Right, there right. we go. Ah. Yeah. Okay, David, go on. I'm not going to say anything. I didn't hear you say. Um, we've got through three songs, four songs now. That's yeah, right. Hey, we we to, one this, is, this is a crossover episode. Yeah, we've gone around the table once. It's only taken yeah. an hour. Um, has it really taken an hour? No, I'm kidding. No. Okay. 29 minutes. Oh, okay. We can um, do whatever we want. And how long are your episodes usually? No, can they do whatever they want? As well? uh, I'm free until uh, 6 p.m. on Saturday. Good. We're fine then. <laughs> Let's keep doing this. Um, all right. Um, yeah, I was going to say my, uh, my dad didn't necessarily push the Star Wars movies on yeah. me, but he did sit me down and I watched all three of them back to back to back. <laughs> yeah. But if I, I think if I had said, I don't want to watch these anymore, he would have said, that's fine. That's fine. But I was, I was into it. I was uh, you know, you six, six or seven bruises, or whatever. You would have, you know, he <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, I have a 13 year old nephew and my sister's uh, idea was like, do we show him the first original three first or do you do it in order? 
You can't do it in order. No, because then he's never going to. And then you're going to ruin him. Going to make it. To yeah, you're going to ruin him no. with, with the stink piles, uh, you know, and the, the, the you know Phantom Menace. Who can get through that? Yeah, you got to go. Here's an hour talking about you know spice trading or whatever. <laughs> yeah. the, oh, shut up. There's the the two. The, they're not even of the same world. They don't. Oh, they're they awful. Don't, they, they don't, don't flow. They don't. It doesn't. My work. suggestion was don't even show them the first. Yeah, yeah. those yeah. new ones. When the time comes, <laughs> yeah. like let them discover it. If he when wants they to dig deeper, yeah, yeah, let him. Yeah, I didn't show my daughter those three. Yeah. Good. But you know what, my uh, my nephew, who's uh, tw- he's twenty one right now, he saw those at the movie theater. Mm-hmm. He like basically grew up with those. Yeah, he thinks they're great, Man. and uh, that's terrible. But that's yeah. but that's the <laughs> yeah. thing is any any time you grow up with something, yeah, just. Well, I that's your wheelhouse. I just play party man. Yeah, I know. You know no, that yeah. is because it's it, oh, we know. it's something that formed yeah. you. That's and a- the next song I play, by the way, is also going to be. Like that. Yeah, we talked about this before. Usually, whatever you're into between the ages of eight and eighteen, usually end up coming back to that your whole life. You know, that's your thing. Kind of, yeah. You kind of like everything hits hard at that time. For me, Star Wars. I was like ten when it came out. Yeah, it was. I was the perfect age for it. You know, and then Indiana Jones and all this other stuff. And all right, well, this next movie, I was two when it came out. Right in your uh, wheelhouse. Attaboy. But it sometimes uh, sometimes there's movies where in where the, the soundtrack is so and I've got a couple of these, is so of the time mm-hmm. that it represents maybe not what was going on hugely popularly in the time, but it represents a certain scene. And the soundtrack to Repo Man is Oh yeah, it was the a great soundtrack. Early eighties Los Angeles specific hardcore punk rock scene. Uh, and I picked the song that Emilio Estevez actually sings out loud to himself when he's Aha. drunk. It's TV Party by Black Flag. Are we starting at the beginning? Yeah, at the beginning. All right, let's go to a little TV party. TV party tonight! TV party tonight! TV party tonight! TV party tonight! We're gonna have a TV party tonight! Some of Henry Rollins' best work there. And you just played this. Uh, April just played this on the show, on the color show, on your rainbow show. She played Black Flag. Did she play this song? She played this exact song. Oh, wow. even, I don't even remember that. Yeah. That's so hysterical. Now, David, party. I, I know it's not original, but you do have a TV podcast. That should be your theme song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, like, sure, I'm sure there's a TV podcast that has that song. As stands true, but it's not going to be as good. And it doesn't right. have the king of TV in it. Right. That's right. true. So, I vaguely uh, remember that soundtrack. I think, uh, is X on there? I can't remember. I know Circle Jerks are on there more than once. Okay. Uh, Black, I think, Black. I want to say X is on Fear there. Fear is on there. Fear. Leaving. I played him on the yeah. show before. Yeah, I'm not sure who... Uh, but it, it would make sense that X would be on there. It's the same sort of group yeah. as that, the first Decline of Western Civilization movie. I don't know. Oh, God, yeah. That, yeah. That it's one. that same sort of group of... The germs, maybe? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When, but when we, you say... I'm sorry, go ahead. The scene... We, the part we didn't get to in the song is where they just start listing shows they're going to watch, like Saturday Night Live, Monday <laughs> yeah. Night Football. And that's the part that Emily Westwood sings when he's like drunk and like throwing beer cans around. I will play as much of the song as you want me to. Again, I'm just going to wait no, no, until no, you give me the... You got a point. I know it's like... I, I hate pointing at someone like, okay, yeah. that's enough. No, but I mean... I, I, feel free. You yeah, gave me the... Like 45 seconds or so of right. is what you said. So I'm All right, cool. Everything I'm expecting you to play 45 That's seconds. what I'll do then. I'll keep my okay. eye on the talent. And the movie has Harry Dean Stanton, which yeah. you can yeah. never okay. go wrong with Harry Dean Stanton. Still alive. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's in the Avengers. There's a so he's he, sort he of is. alive. Yeah, he's he's, he's in the Avengers. But oh, is he? Yeah, he finds uh, he finds oh, Bruce he Banner after he's uh, and he also did the the mocap for the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, there's a documentary about him. That came yeah, out I saw that. Ago, partly fiction. It was really interesting, cool. dude. Still Stanton. <laughs> oh. I'm still Stanton. <laughs> it should be oh. nice. That would have been good. Why not? But the documentary is practically a musical because you know he has a whole thing. He he's sings very as into well, music, yeah. And he actually performs sometimes. He's never put out an album or anything. Uh, hmm. But there's musical like him singing songs with his friends, like he and Chris Christopherson do a song in the documentary. It's really cool. It's called Partly Fiction. Yeah, dude's one of a kind, man. He's a character. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> continuing my uh, my biography here, uh, this is a this is a soundtrack to a movie that is. Awful. <laughs> right. No, a lot of bad movies have great music in them. Absolutely. Yeah. And here is one. I don't, I'm not sure how much I would stand by the music, but boy, it was a big deal for people of my generation at the time. Uh, the movie is called Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh, And wow. the soundtrack. Finish him. That's the one, except PG-13. <laughs> is, Van really in, is Van Damme in that? <laughs> no, that's Street Fighter, which to my knowledge did not have a good soundtrack. Mm. Who is in Mortal Kombat? Uh, nobody. Oh, Okay. Nobody of note. Is it what it, Christopher Lambert isn't in it? Oh, Christopher Lambert. Yeah, yeah. I think. Okay. Is it Lambert or Lambert? I like to say Lambert. Uh, who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. How about that? Um, so the uh, guy on the, my he, TV he, at four in the morning. The new, that's who that he's is. He's in the new Coen Brothers movie that they're filming. Oh. Cool. All right. You know what? I'll take it's it. It's time for him to make oh, a comeback. Anybody good can get him. a good performance out now, of him. Is, I bet it's Highlander Nine. <laughs> is this the song I'm thinking? of? Probably not, right? Uh, it's not the title track. This is a whole right. new okay, podcast no, where you got to... Guess what I'm thinking. <laughs> but so I'm saying, when you said... I call Mortal Mythbusters Com- back to uh, get that. <laughs> when you said Mortal Kombat, I'm sure people listening at home started humming a certain song. Oh, no question. It's not that song. No, it's, it's not that. That doesn't play when you're playing the game in the arcade. It's not uh, that no. theme song. Okay. No. Uh, this does say, play over a fight. Anyway, so the song has like industrial... Uh, sorry, the soundtrack has uh, industrial music, a lot of techno... And uh, some, not necessarily punk, I'm mm-hmm. not sure quite what you'd call it. But anyway, uh, my brother was a big fan of that type of music in general, so I wound up listening to this soundtrack a lot. Uh, this is by a band called KMFDM. Yeah, they're from Chicago? Juke Joint Jezebel. We'll be playing from the beginning. Let's go about 40 seconds. 40 seconds in? Or do you want to hear 40 seconds from the beginning? Uh, from the beginning, right. going 40 seconds. Uh, and I will say, this takes place over the fight between Sonia and Kano. Oh, oh nice. I've never heard this in my life. Here we go. <laughs> Wait, Tyler and David are fighting right now. <laughs> Finish him! I don't hate that. These guys, the I remember these guys. You would hate it in the lyrics. Oh, their lyrics? Yeah. They don't happen for a while, though. Okay. As tends to happen in songs like this. Yeah. They stick with the music for a while. They kind of run into the, they're in that Nine Inch Nails ministry area kind of thing. Uh, yes. But yes. you know what I just found out today that I'm sure maybe you guys... Ministry started off as like a, like a synth pop band. They're in Chicago. They're, yeah, I remember those guys. Their first album, which is called... I, can't remember, I was just listening to it today. It's like With Sympathy, with sympathy I think it's called. Does not sound anything like the ministry yeah. that I have come to know. It was really fascinating. Uh, KMFDM trivia. Okay. A lot of people. There's a commonly held belief that the initials stand for 
kill motherfucking Depeche Mode. That is not the case. Is so. it kill motherfucker, die motherfucker? <laughs> no, it, it, they're, they're, it's a German band, and it stands for Kein Mehrheit for der Mitglied, which loosely translates as no pity for the majority. Oh, uh, yes. And I believe... Uh, <laughs> as a half-Jew, I'm still offended by that somehow. <laughs> just the German language. Just the German, just, uh, just the German of it just scares me. And I believe as the band continued, I think they, they went through like they, a The band continued? Change. Wait a minute. The band continued? Uh, is that a... What? I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Is that a what? music joke? Yeah, I don't know. I just okay. thought I just thought maybe this was one and done for this band. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what I mean. Well, and that's the thing is like in the genre mm-hmm. where they are, I'm sure they, uh, you know, blossomed uh, after this. <laughs> the new craft uh, work. But I think they they after a certain point they went by a different name, which was mm-hmm. MDFMK. <laughs> so they just <laughs> oh, <it looks laughs> much later. Yeah. So, but anyway, so yeah, uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, the dyslexic dyslexic version. A big big part of my life when I was younger. <laughs> it's interesting you picked that out in the movie like it's like was that a big it just plays during a fight scene basically is what, yeah but okay. I found it catchy alright and <laughs> it, like, it wasn't it wasn't terrible yeah there, it's, it's good music catchy. to beat the shit out of someone yeah. with uh, yeah and uh, yeah she, uh, she snaps Kano's neck oh spoiler alert yeah sorry everybody damn it mm-hmm. <laughs> no reason to see but it but that's now. the thing is she's got, his, she's got his head between her legs and he says Go give on. me a break and she oh. says okay snap one break oh, coming up coming up <laughs> Uh, well, they, okay. Uh, You're welcome, everybody. Thank we'll you. Get, we'll be getting to good music in a minute all right. from, from my end. I'm, I'm going to play a band that I think we all know. I'm not even going to say who the band is. This is from uh, this is from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, one sure. of my favorite movies. Still great. Still holds up. Uh, this is Matthew Required Broderick. Required seeing in Chicago where I grew up. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Matthew Broderick uh, is on the uh, parade float. And uh, let's hear a little Beatles. Love everything about Ferris Bueller. Yeah, I was yeah. hoping you're going to play Dunkashin. I know. Well, that's oh. great. That's great too. Yeah. But I love this song that you just played so much because I think when I was when I was it took me a long time to get the Beatles because so much of that the stuff that I think they became that their 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 uh, reputation is based on is a little more heady, a little more yeah like uh, later years yeah. Yeah. yeah and but this song is so visceral and the, the way you can hear his voice straining mm-hmm. it really stuck to my memory as, as a as a young kid watching mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller, I love that part and I love that song. It's probably my favorite Beatles song to this day. Oh, wow, that's because great. Because I, I think that that vocal thing, it really sticks with me. And then I mean, to later go back to like uh, to hear like the solo stuff and like Mother where uh, John Lennon does that again where he's, you know, straining, straining his, for some reason, maybe this is why I went on to be to be a punk rocker because there's something about that, like hearing, you know, losing some of that polish that, that mm-hmm. typifies their later work and, and, and hearing like the, just like when someone's playing the guitar and you can hear the, uh, their fingers sliding up and down the frets. Yeah, that, yeah, always, yeah. that always sticks with me. I like, I that. always love that too. It, yeah. It, I always like this song for that reason. Well, I didn't bring in, uh, I mean, it was tempted to do as a huge Beatles fan, you know, you can do, when you talk about soundtracks, hard day's night was probably one of the best yeah. known of it, but that would have been kind of like, Cheating, I think. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my it was favorite like a music Beatles movie. albums. It's that's, amazing. Yeah, that's it's a great, great album. It, from top to bottom, there's yes. nothing. In, but again, with the Ferris Bueller, it's John Hughes, which he had a way with soundtracks. Like I'm sure somebody else is gonna play a little something. I didn't bring any, but I'm sure somebody. You must have brought some John Hughes. In. Um, I don't know if I did bring any other John. Hughes that was the stuff guy when that. I was in high school. We would go out and get those soundtracks. I mean, yes. they were, I mean, the movies were big hits, but the soundtracks were always good. 
I mean, from Breakfast anybody, Club yeah. and everything else. I mean, no, I, I don't. But I, I, you know, I was looking now, I through pretty Paris and pink. John Hughes. So technically, you did yeah. just play some. John I did. That's I did. what I mean. But I thought maybe you, you, you know, went like, uh, don't well, you forget about me? Yeah, and, you know, that kind of pretty and pink. Yeah. Right, pretty. That pink. soundtrack some was kind great. Of wonderful. That was one where the soundtrack, was some kind of wonderful as well. The soundtrack yeah. was better than the movie. Yeah. Uh, weird Science has some cool songs on there. I don't like that. Boingo, Boingo. Yeah. But yeah, back to Danny Elfman. That's right. Let's let's hear Party Man again. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go, speaking of, uh, this is kind of a cheat. It's, it's a concert movie, but okay. it's a famous uh, concert movie. This is from The Last Waltz, mm. directed by Martin Scorsese. And it's another director who's all about music, and, mm. it, and music plays a big part in his uh, movies. But this was, a, I don't know if you've seen The Last Waltz. They not only show the concert, but they will cut away to the, uh, a soundstage where they're mm. actually playing, and then there's guests. Yeah, and this is uh, the weight with uh, backed up by the Staples Singers, and it's just a different version. It started about the one minute mark, um, but I just think it's a really nice version, and uh, you can hear it. So All this right. is one of those cutaways to the soundstage. It's not at the concert. All right, let's check it out. Here's the band. Picked up my bags and went looking for a place to hide. When I saw old Carmen and the devil walking side by side. I said, hey, come on, come on, let's go downtown. She said, I gotta go, but my friend can stick around. Take a load off, Fanny. Take a load for free. Take a load off, Fanny. You seem prettier than the band. Oh, they do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> that's for sure. I but feel it, like that's a song that's almost impossible to screw up. It really is. It and and is. we were just talking about before we started the, the uh, It Might Get Loud, that documentary, mm-hmm. with uh, Edge, Jimmy Page, and Jack, Jack White. White. The ending credits, they all get together at the end and they play this oh. acoustically. Oh, I bet that sounds terrible. It's awful. These guys can't play. They can't play, play their much. guitars. <laughs> they but need I mean, Esteban to come out and show them how to play the guitar. But, so it sounds like. The warning, it might get loud, did not pay off. If it ends with them <laughs> it sitting get, around... It might get soft. It, loud. it got loud guitars. in the middle. It definitely got loud in the middle. If you guys haven't seen that, go, go check that it one out. <laughs> it might get quiet. It might get quiet. It might get mellow. It might get mellow. But anyway, if you haven't... And also, if you love music, see The Last Waltz. Uh, well, you David, know, David, one of the greatest music is movies. A, I love well, it. Because um, for a second, I thought when you said concert movie, I was afraid you were going to go with Stop Making Sense, which mm. would have stuck on oh, my toes a little bit. I love that one. But I didn't pick this from Stop Making Sense. I picked a song. Uh, I tried to avoid musicals, but I picked one movie that I love that is technically a musical. The only feature film that David Byrne directed. It's, uh-huh. called, it's called True Stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has a lot of songs sung by the cast, but it also has two uh, talking head songs in it. One is called Love for Sale, and then one is this one, Wild Wild Life. I like this one. At the beginning. Chalice. I hear a hot potato. It's tickling my fancy. 
that is so much nonsense in the oh, lyric yeah. department. Yeah. <laughs> he might as well be singing Ramalama Ding Dong. And the, um, it's catchy, but, I, though. but I love it. I know. I love it. The music video for the song is just the scene from the film because it's a musical. Mm-hmm. They just it's a scene where they go to a nightclub and then that song comes on and everyone who's at the nightclub takes turns getting up and singing a line or mm. sing, lip syncing to a line, <laughs> yeah. including John Goodman. John Goodman. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, Talking Heads are no joke a top five band of all time for me. Yeah. So David well, Byrne, let's. Let's go do a little bit of a tour next summer with the band. Yeah. Do some. He's been hiding out, huh? I know. What's just go do He's some. He's producing shows. other people who's doing art projects in New York. I remember yeah. when I was living there, where he was always had some kind of art he, thing he, going. He turned on. a building into a music musical instrument. I don't know if you heard about. No, no, I didn't know that. No. It was like a warehouse that he turned in like the pipes and stuff into, and people could come in. Well, that's and cool. Just like, Press buttons and stuff, and the entire building would like make noises. I knew to remember there was a, there was a period where the, there was a lull in the concert movies, like in the early eighties, uh-huh. and then when Stop Making Sense came out, yeah, it was a big deal. I remember going to a midnight show of that, and it was great. Was that Jonathan Demi? He yeah, directed yeah, it. yeah, and, and they yeah, did yeah. it. Uh, uh, unlike say the Last Waltz, where they filmed an actual concert, mm-hmm. this wasn't an actual concert. They filmed on a soundstage. They were they were doing the performance for the movie, and they brought yeah. in an audience. But everything was done knowing. This is us making a movie. This is a, ma- a movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, so it's an interesting take. Why um, do you think? Why do these artists? Why does David Byrne? Why doesn't he want to go out and sing some Talking Head songs for some fans? Uh, I don't. I mean, last I, I, it's been a while. The last time I saw him solo, yeah, he did some Talking Head songs. But why doesn't he want to? Does he not like those other people? Does he? Is he? Does he? It hate, could be does that. he hate that music now? Maybe he just moved uh, on. He's yeah, like again, last last thing I saw him recording, it was like some really wild like world music, kind of like uh, he doesn't right, seem yeah. like African, the type that like looks backwards. Yeah, he, South no, American. He did, he did an album with um, Saint Vincent. Saint Vincent. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to uh, tell you that no one likes world music. <laughs> the world, the, the, the world, world doesn't is, like world. The world music. is against it. Yeah, Mike, you've been out there in the world. They yeah. want, they wind up just listening to our stuff. I know That's they're right. listening to Jay Z. That's all they're listening to, <laughs> or KMFDM. KMFDM. Yeah. Oh, it's it's all over the place. Yeah. When I went to Switzerland, oh, you couldn't walk down the street without <laughs> hearing KMFDM or MDFMK <laughs> being piped out of the storefronts. I'm enjoying it. I have no idea what this is coming. That's coming up from okay. Tyler. So this is crazy stuff. When talking about soundtracks, it's only a matter of time before you get to Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting because, so we've talked about Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino. There will probably be other people on this list. Um, between the four of us, I'm sure we'll get to some other filmmakers. Because we talk about how the idea of the sound, like a really good soundtrack really doesn't exist anymore. But you will sometimes find filmmakers, probably from the last 10, 20 years, that put out really great soundtracks, but they tend to be filmmakers who have a really good appreciation, a really strong appreciation for movies past. Um, in fact, one of the last ones that I play uh, on, on a different episode uh, will be, uh, will be uh, that kind of thing. But anyway, uh, so this is from the Jackie Brown soundtrack, and this song was actually written for a different film. It was written for a film called Across 110th Street. The song is called Across 110th Street, and it's sung by uh, Bobby Womack, and it is absolutely wonderful. We'll start at about 30 seconds. <clears throat> Boom. <laughs> ooh, ooh. I was the third brother of five Doing whatever I had to do to survive I'm not saying what I did was all right Trying to break out of the ghetto was a day-to-day fight. Being down so long, getting up didn't cross my mind. Like but I knew there was a better way of life, and I was just trying to find. I'm ready. You don't know what you do till you put under pressure. Cross 110th Street is a hell of a tester. 
Wait, so this was a this wasn't an old song. This was a new one. That, what was that? This was a new one made to sound old. Is this so? This or is no, this, this an old is song? the original. This is the original song from uh, Across 110th Street with. What, what year did that did that movie come out? Uh, what year the, is the song from? Uh, in the seventies. Okay, yes, that's okay. what I thought. Um, I, th- I thought maybe Anthony Quinn and Yafet Koto. And so Tarantino awesome. loved it, so he wanted to use yeah, it in his. Because Jackie just Brown, use, he didn't feels, just use the song. He gave the song the star sequence. Oh, absolutely! Where he it's, just lets it play. Yeah, it's the opening credits. Yeah, uh, and, and it's just. Would, if you hadn't emailed me your list before we did this, we would have had a problem because we would have both picked this song. Oh, it's it's yeah. amazing. I love that song. And I, I don't yeah, know. That's a that would have fit in right in in our uh, funk episode. That would. And um, I, the great thing is I own it now because it's in my computer. Oh, oh right. enjoy. Um, <laughs> sadly, Bobby Womack died this summer. What yes, the fuck? he did. Are you kidding yeah. me? Rock and peace, Bobby Womack. Rock and peace, Rock Bobby. Rock and peace and is what we he, say. He, d- he had taken a break from music, but he came back with an album, The Bravest Man in the Universe, in 2012 that was produced by Damon Albarn. From Blur oh, nice. and Gorillas, it's really fantastic. Maybe he'll take a break from dying and come back. That's what I'm hoping. Hope, be cool. I'm hoping he went, Albarn can convince him. <laughs> he went way across 110th Street. God, he <laughs> kept way walking. north. He way kept north. Walking. I mean Harlem, and then he kept going. Because <laughs> that's what's north of 110th Street. <laughs> I didn't get it. I know. I could have said I got it. I, I know didn't you didn't. <laughs> um, Shrek Two, buddy. Oh. We're gonna jump into some Shrek Two. Two. That soundtrack's got a, got a Tom Waits song on there. Do you know? Th- th- which Tom Waits song is on it? I believe it's called uh, Oh Little Drop of Poison. Little bit of trivia. This mm-hmm. past weekend, I cleaned out my closet. Okay. You can currently find the Shrek 2 soundtrack in the dumpster behind my apartment building. <laughs> you just threw it out? <laughs> I threw it out. Just what am I going to go get two cents for it at Amoeba? <laughs> well, for trade, we can give you a quarter in trade, or we can give you two cents cash. You're right, though. Yeah. Yeah, I had no use. Just bring them to me. Bring you anything you throw now. away. Can we recycle them? Can you <laughs> chop them up and to make something on a Did road? Did you load it into your know. computer before you pitched it? No, I don't. I don't. I, don't. I, I, you didn't I even burn clean, it? I had to make a clean break. <laughs> I, I threw away so much stuff. There's well, so much stuff in the uh, uh, Fat Records compilations right. and stuff in, the, in my dumpster right now. If anyone wants to come to my apartment and dive into the dumpster, you'll <laughs> find a lot, of, a lot of VHS tapes. And a lot of CDs from the late 90s and early 2000s. God, I threw out some VHS tapes. I'm like, oh, look, uh, it's an REO Speedwagon concert from 87. I'm never, <laughs> ever going to watch this. And I'm I never s- going to put it on DVD and watch it. So, no, boom. my last move, I cleaned house. There was, yeah. yeah. The VHS tapes got to go. Probably about 10 VHS tapes for films that have never been transferred to DVD uh, that I just bought at a video store like 15 years yeah. ago. And it's like... Well, and I don't know if it will ever make mm-hmm. the jump, so right. I better hold on to these for the time being. See, I found one that said Pat and Pilar's wedding. Boom, right in the dumpster. Yeah. It's yeah. never going to never gonna watch that. You again. saw it already. So, so anyway. I'm yeah. guessing this is the uh, dashboard, it, da- dashboard confessional song for no, Shrek 2? No, this is, two. This, okay. is, this is the song that I think it plays right at the beginning. It's by a band that I, I really like this band, but sometimes they're a little sad, sacky, and mopey. So when I heard the song Accidentally in Love, oh, I was like... That's a great. This is a perfect song for a kids movie. By the way, I, uh, Sad Sacky and Mopey are a great morning. Mm, they're good. <laughs> In Denver, I think they're based. And this is a big hit for the County Crows too. We're gonna hear about three minutes of it. <laughs> What am I in David's dumpster? <laughs> <laughs> 
Come on. Come on. I just like hearing Adam sing like he's happy. And that was a, it wasn't just a big hit. It was kind of a comeback for them. It was, yeah. Because after, yeah, like, it kind of um, was. What was the one uh, with Long December? Round um, here. And uh, yeah, that was, the, was Recovering the Satellites. Recover, after the Recovering Satellites, they had they put out an album or two yeah. that I think they have a very, they have a very uh, loyal fan yeah, base. Yeah, very loyal fan base. But they hadn't had a hit for a while. And yeah. this was their hit that sounded nothing like their and they still And they still play this in concert where they, I, I would have thought this might be one where they're like, we're not playing that fucking bullshit <laughs> Shrek song. But they seem to they seem to have fun when they play it, and the, and the audience likes it. So yeah, yeah here I was on. hoping for Smash Mouth, and you said Shrek. <laughs> oh, Smash Mouth, no. I'm so happy those movies are done. Like the, just <laughs> you like, know what they, they were such. Everyone was just like flipped over them. Right. And thankfully, Finding Nemo came along, and then Incredibles and just Pixar just blew them out of the water. They really did. Like, oh yeah, you can actually have a movie for kids and adults that doesn't pander to like. It's just a lot of hacky pop, yeah, pop you know culture what? references. I, and, yeah. and you know what? I hate I hate when there's like like blue humor in the kid. Because yeah. it's like, oh, that's just lazy writing. You can't write a funny movie that will appeal to everyone. Yeah. Right. He's got a could, fart in the swamp uh, and Bubbles got a right, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's just okay. terrible. That sounds pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> Point taken. Uh, uh, All right. I'm going to uh, start this one right from the beginning. When you hear it, I mean, it just sets a mood. And, and the soundtracks, this is from the 60s, Western... Which, uh, this is the third in a trilogy. Oh, watch out. And uh, you guys will know it where you, when you hear it. The Searcher's Trilogy. <laughs> is this the True Grit yeah, trilogy? No. Oh. What are the three movies in the trilogy? Fistful of Dollars. Yep. For a few dollars more. Yep. And The Good, and the Bad, and the Ugly. But and this is from The Good, and Bad, and the Ugly. But isn't the, there a fourth movie that might not be in the trilogy, but he's playing the same type of a character? Outlaw Josie Wales? No. Unforgiven? No. Million Dollar Baby? Dirty Harry? No. Gran Torino. That's what it is. <laughs> I knew you were going somewhere. No, I really thought there was a fourth one. I know there's a trilogy, but I thought there's a fourth one. Well, there's... Um, and this plays throughout the entire movie, by the way. I mean, it goes okay. in and out and in and out. Um, you can kill that. Baby. Now, I think what you might be thinking of is that um, Sergio Leone, who directed those two movies, yes. Yes. when he made Once Upon a Time in the West, there's an opening scene where three guys get killed. And he wanted it. He wanted to cast Clint Eastwood, Lee Van Cleef, and he. Oh, it's Henry Fonda, uh, right? I mean, Henry, I, I, Henry Fonda is the bad guy in that movie. Okay, yeah. But there's three guys who get and a really killed. bad guy. He's a. He, it was really odd for Henry, Henry Fonda to be the bad guy. Um, yeah, there's three guys who get killed right at the, in the first scene, and I guess Sergio Leone, Sergio Leone wanted to cast the three guys from The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly as sort of a way of saying that trilogy's over, we're moving yeah, on. Yeah, and then have Charles Bronson show up and kill them all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I'm actually looking because I, I need to know what I'm talking or about. Or you might also be thinking about a Sergio Leone movie that's technically called Duck You Sucker, <laughs> but was released as Fistful of Dynamite mm. to play off the popularity. Oh, no, of the here, I'm going to name them. Here we go. Here's what I was thinking of. Count these. Fistful of Dollars, uh-huh. for a few dollars more, Right. the good, the bad, and the ugly, yeah. and then I was thinking of Hang em High. Hang em uh, High. Okay, I don't know yes, that yes. one. But, uh, well, that's what I was thinking of. Okay. Well, Ennio Morricone. Am yeah. I saying that right? That, yep. Yeah, I don't know how to say composer, that. composer, uh, his due right there. Last year, he was supposed to come to the Nokia Theater. And He's still alive? Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, he didn't take the Bobby Womack train? Uh, not yet. He, He's still on he this had side to of cancel. Yeah. It was going to be like orchestrations of like his, his best-known movie scores. Uh, and apparently, uh, due to health reasons, he had yeah, to cancel. He's, he's got to be. He's an old guy yeah. at this point. 
got to be way up there. But yeah, that would have been amazing. But those are uh, like iconic soundtracks, those. Oh, yeah. Those scores. Yeah, that's pretty great. David, take it. All right, uh, I'm picking a soundtrack. I'm going to say right away what it is. It's the Clueless soundtrack, because that's so much of my era. And it has... As think, if. Got the muffs, <laughs> the muffs are on there. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was trying to think, because it's, it's got... Yeah, it's got Beastie Boys, Supergrass, The Muffs. It's got the Jill Solvuel song, mm-hmm. Supermodel, which was a, big, a hit for her. Yeah. Uh, it's got Luscious Jackson. It's got Radiohead, Counting Crows are on there. It's yeah. got Mighty Mighty Bostones. But I decided to highlight... Is this in your dumpster? No, this is not. This will never <laughs> oh, let's dumpster. do it on the way over. I decided to highlight um, a Chicago band from the 90s that I don't think ever quite got as much uh, play or reputation as they deserve. It's maybe my favorite song in the soundtrack, even though it's not really in the movie. It's just the end credits song. Uh, it's by Smoking Popes. We're going to start about 30, I remember them. 30 seconds in. It's called Need You Around. Let me cue it up to 30 seconds for you. I'm not a professional producer. <laughs> Nor am I a broadcaster. I'm a total sucker for fast music and slow lyrics. That's, I don't know why, but I love it. I, I love that if you took... That could be a topic on our show, fast music, slow <laughs> lyrics. Yeah, that's a good one. If you took the music out and just played the vocal track, you'd be like, is this a Tony Bennett? Is the guy doing yeah. like a Tony Bennett song? He's like crooning the song, but it's this very like punk-infused or punk-influenced pop music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really think they're a fantastic underrated, underrated band. And that was, uh, is that Amy Heckerling? Uh, yeah, yeah, she directed that. Yeah, yeah. Who also did Fast Times at Richmond High. Absolutely. Which I know you've got. I don't have anything. Something. I don't. I don't. It's like your favorite soundtrack. I do love that soundtrack. It's got somebody's baby on it. It's got. Uh, Sammy and more Sammy. It's got, it's got all the Eagles are on there mm-hmm. in solo form. It's got a, one of my favorite songs by the Ravens called Raised on Radio. The Joe Walsh. Oh, Raised on Radio is a great song. Yeah. Joe Walsh is on that one. Yeah, Waffle Stomp. Yeah, Waffle I mean, Stomp. I, yeah, I love that soundtrack. And you didn't but bring it in. I didn't. I didn't. So it sounds to me like it's we like should I do this again maybe next year. It's like I don't know you. <laughs> I didn't bring that, that in because I knew you would. Oh, no, you just got to. You can't. You, I've told you this before. I know, don't but think about what I'm going to bring in. Just bring in what you want to bring in. Okay. All right, so that's the smoking pot. We have company here. They should. We shouldn't fight. Them, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, this is so awkward. <laughs> Actually, we don't have company here. We are their company. Oh, that's true. We're in yeah. their oh, studio. Yeah. Oops. Oh, right, right. Um, okay, so next for me is a movie that I saw. Give me the cue. Where are we going to take it from? Twenty-two just, seconds. Okay, just so I can get it already. Um, I saw this film with my dad. Oh boy. Which turned out to not be the best idea. <laughs> And it is called Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh. <laughs> uh, and you, afterwards, my dad was like, man, I feel like I could use a shower. After that. Um, I got to say, though, every time it comes up on cable at late at night, I, I'm sucked in. Weird, right? It, it is. Seem- and it went, I didn't like it when I first saw it, but yeah. yet I hang around for the yeah. other scenes because it seemed still, like... Still such, on my DVD shelf. It's an impossible book. When you, I love the book. Mm-hmm. But uh, when they said they were going to make it into a movie, I was like, I don't know how this is going to be made into... Is this a movie? Okay, yeah, and Terry Gilliam, perfect. 
Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. The guy who makes uh, non-movies yes. is the best guy to make it. It, it has actually worked, yeah. And so this is a, a combination of the two by Big Brother and the Holding Company. It is one of the first pieces of music in the film as they are, uh, let's see, they're somewhere, somewhere around Barstow on the edge of the desert when the drugs began to take hold. Is that when they pick up, uh, what's his face, the kids? Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there's Janice. Yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. She's beautiful. <laughs> now, wait, we can't stop here. This is bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, one of the, I wanted to keep playing that because of just there's such a tonal shift in that song. I'll play as much as you want to. Um, you, just, you just tell me. But yeah, I feel I'm like your that, I can totally remember the scene right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he, uh, I feel like uh, he really, um, Terry Gilliam really matches the, the song to the the mood of the film, but also the mood of that particular scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Three Dog Nights, Mama Told Me Not to Come is one of my favorite songs of all time, and they use it so wonderfully in that film. It's the one I almost picked, but I chose to go with this because I assume Three Dog Night has been played on this show a lot. Also, Mama Told Me Not to Come is uh, in the pool scene in Boogie Nights, the outdoor pool scene, exactly. and that's yeah, yeah. one of my favorite movies, and I can't believe I didn't bring anything from that movie. But Why didn't you bring... I was going to... You shut up. I, I hate you. you. I hate you. This also, the, what, is over. one of the greatest things about the Fear and Loathing is the Benicio Del Toro is unintelligible. Uh-huh. In oh, that yeah. whole, you can't understand a goddamn thing he says. <laughs> right. And was, yet I'm transfixed. And Usual Suspects, that was kind of his thing. For yeah, he was just mumbled his way through a career. It's amazing. <laughs> you got to uh, throw the subtitles on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's a, Benicio Del Toro is a henchman in, uh, in the second Timothy Dalton 007 movie. Oh, uh, really? License to Kill. Yeah, he is one of Robert Davi's henchmen. <laughs> I bet he's terrifying. Uh, they... Uh, <laughs> Mumbles? Is his name Mumbles? Nobody has this one line. They've, they've just sexually assaulted... It's a pretty dark Bond movie. They just sexually assaulted Felix Leiter's wife on her wedding day. And uh, Benicio Del Toro says, We just gave her a honeymoon! <laughs> like, uh, wow. I didn't know that happened. Yeah, yeah. Who plays Felix Leiter in that one? Uh, David... Okay. Um, Spade? No, H- oh, Hiddleston. Sorry. He played. He played Felix Leiter in not like David, one of the. It's not David Hiddleston. It is because they. Pl- he played him in. He played him in one of the. Uh, oh, here we go. He played him in one of the Roger. In it. He David him- Hiddleston is the big Lebowski. That's Huddleston. Oh, David Huddleston. Okay. Yeah, he played. Admittedly, he- I can see where yeah, you that, get that, confused. Yeah, who's yes, named Hiddleston? He played, he played him in one of the Roger Moore ones, and then they brought him back to play him again. He's the only person to play Felix Leiter twice. To two different to yes. two different bonds. Yes. Like well, um, wait a minute. Did um, uh, I feel like I'm right here. Who does Jeffrey Wright play in the new Bond movies? Isn't he Felix Slater? Yeah, yeah. He's was oh, was he, he in the Daniel Craig ones as well? Yes. Oh, okay. Then I guess he did. Was he in the in? I I, I think he was in Quantum for a second. Okay, but yeah, he is in the Pierce Brosnan. He's in uh, the World's Not Enough. I think so. Oh, he, gosh. So okay, so there is. Then he did play Felix Slater in yeah. two two Bonds. I like we're the movie talk, mm-hmm. but the um. <laughs> Wasn't one of the Felix Leiters was the guy who went on to be Jack's dad on Lost? Yes, right? yeah, um, he was in what's his um, name? Ter- John Terry. John Terry, yeah. yeah. 
All right. I know my Felix Leiters, even though I'm not a big Bond fan. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, what does that say about you that you're like, you know, Felix I, know I know the American one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know the American supporting character. Have you guys British. done an episode on Bond themes? We did. We did it uh, on our seventh episode. Oh, yeah. episode 007. Oh, there oh you go. perfect. Uh, we played our favorite Bond themes. Did you, did you rank them? Uh, was there um, some consensus? There wasn't a consensus. We, I, I just played my favorites and my host at the time played his. But I don't Bring it back to Jimmy anymore. Page, he says in the uh, it might get loud that he you know, he was a session musician yeah. before he joined the Yardbirds and he played on everything and he played on Goldfinger. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> so he talked about playing on Goldfinger. I'm going to need to see his uh, session check just to make sure that that's true. What did he play? He trombone. Said he played on some Kink stuff too. Your favorite? That is band. true. He did play on some yeah. early Kink stuff. Um, this movie called I don't like blues music unless it's played by Jake, White Men, Jake and Elwood. Oh, Oh, okay. I only like blues when Jake and Elwood play it. Uh-huh. Uh, blues Brothers, when I saw it at the theater, uh, my friends and I watched it twice in a row. We didn't even leave the theater. It was back when you could do that. They wouldn't make you yeah, leave. It sounds like Steal? you owe someone Stealing? two bucks or whatever. It's yeah. movie ticket cost back yeah, then. They just let us stay there. I mean, we ducked under the You seats. sang a song for them and they let us <laughs> But uh, this is one of my favorite scenes. It's when they're playing the Country Western Bar and oh, yeah. uh, their music's not going over very well. So they have to play a little country western music, and Elwood does a, a great version of the theme from Rawhide. Bringing it back to Clint Eastwood. Yep. Rolling, 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 though the streams are swollen, keep them doggies rolling, Rawhide. Rain and wind and weather, help and for leather, wishing my gal was by my side. All the things I'm missing, good bills, love, and kissing are waiting at the end of my ride. Move them on, hit them up, up. move them on, move them on, hit them up, raw hide, cut them out, ride them, ride them in, cut them out, cut them out, ride them in, raw hide. <laughs> you boys owe me a lot of money for that beer you drank. <laughs> Oh, we thought since the first one was free. <laughs> no. <laughs> we like both kinds of music, country, country and, and western. <laughs> I mean, they're getting glasses thrown at them. I mean, chicken wire. Yeah, I love it. You're uh, going to look funny trying to eat corn on the cob with no fucking teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Napier. Bob's Country Bunker. Yeah, the movie's great. I love that movie. It is really great. It's a long movie. But is it that great. long? It's over two and a half hours. And there's a, no, on, really? on, on Blu-ray, there's an extended cut. Which I watched accidentally once. And, and uh, yeah, it doesn't need that extra stuff. No. The, it's um, pretty big already. Still one of the best car chases. And w- oh, it's, yeah. it's a great music. The musical number's like... Oh, the uh, music's great. I brought in one. Should I play it now? I don't know. If you, I, got, you got a... You number got a, nine. Number nine. This is my favorite list? song in the Blues Brothers, but... All right. You can play it for Oh, them. this is great. And this is a great... This is my, this is, I mean, the, James Brown was in it. Yep. Aretha Franklin. And uh, this guy, Mr. I'm Ray Charles. I'm that I did not think of Blues Brothers for this. I love this. And the kids dancing out yes. in the street. Well, I heard about the fella you've been dancing with all over the neighborhood. So why didn't you ask me, baby? Or didn't you think I could? Well, I know that the boogaloo is out of sight. But the shingle is a thing tonight. But if that was you and me, I got baby.
Come on, that's a jam. That's one of my favorite songs. It's awesome. Too. Yeah. I mean, Rawhide's not my favorite, but I like that. I like that comedically. I it's like a great scene. It's a but great yeah, scene. this is my favorite movie. Uh, and everybody in the street the dancing, and I just so thought good. as a kid that was like the coolest thing. It's a feel-good you know, scene. And for it was sure. in Chicago, so that 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 was a big hit. I really like uh, that whole soundtrack is great, but um, she caught the Katie, which is the, oh, the opening song. Yeah, it's great. I almost mm-hmm. played that. Like John Belushi actually had a really good voice for that type of music. Yeah, I envy anyone who got to see them play uh, like the couple of dates they did at the Universal yeah. Amphitheater because yeah. I, I love that. I love those. I have all four Blues Brothers. Yeah, I had a briefcase full of blues. Yeah, I did. Got yeah, you got to get made in America, man. <laughs> Do I? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Well, I, mean, I kind of used one up there. I don't need to play mine. I mean, I can wait. Well, that was yours. We count, we're counting that as yours. I know. Right, okay, we'll right, move one on. One more round, and then I think we, uh, then it's on to the next episode. All, all right. right. All right. We, know, we all know. I'm just making sure. I'm, I'm keeping track. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, my next one is another soundtrack album that I could have picked almost anything off. You guys run a tight ship. Our show is way loosey, more loosey-goosey than this is a tight ship. Well, I, yeah. I, They're I, shooting each other I looks. have to work in the morning. Um, oh uh, no! But this is another album. It's the it's the Train Spotting soundtrack, which cl- it has yep. it has Iggy Pop, um, it has uh, Pulp, it has Lou Reed, it has the Undertow song that plays at the end. It has a billion things. Blur, but I picked the New Order song. We're gonna it's a long song. We're gonna go all the way to four minutes in. Oh boy! Because okay. this is the long version that they put on the soundtrack. Oh, I clicked. It went right. Where did it go, Mike? I just did one click. Where did well, done. well done. Well done. Right, right to where you wanted it. So this song uh, is by New Order. It's called Temptation. I hear New Order, it just reminds me of college completely. <laughs> there was a bar that played nothing but them and um, Depeche Mode and all those bands. Sound a little bit, uh, the vocal style was a little by, a bit like Lou Reed to me. In that song. You think? That song. A little bit on that song it was. Yeah. Um, I, I, I picked, I, I almost had, I literally, I called an audible just last night because I had Uh-oh. the Lou Reed's, I had Perfect Day set up because that sequence, the overdose sequence, uh, is iconic. But this one is, um, it's actually, in, the newer song is actually technically in the movie twice because it's, it's playing yeah, at the club a, when he meets Diane, played by, by Kelly McDonald. But then and in, she starts singing it, right? Or it, in, when late. he's freaking out. Yes. The, the, one of the other more memorable sequences in the movie is when he's getting the heroin out of his system and completely freaking out and hallucinating. And he hallucinate, hallucinates Kelly McDonald sitting on the edge of the bed and singing the, ooh, you've got great green eyes yeah. part of the song. And so that, that part always haunted me a little bit. So I decided <laughs> to, to pick that one. Very nice. And I didn't have enough dance music on here. No. Oh. <laughs> you never have enough dance music. You never have enough. Does the world have enough? You can never have enough. Never enough dance music. More KMFDMDMFBM whatever. Okay, so this is from the Rushmore soundtrack. Wes Anderson tends to do There's a guy who loves music. He loves the kinks. He does great soundtracks. And so I'll say this. This is a John Lennon song. I'm not a huge fan of John Lennon. 
I actually hate the song Imagine. Uh, for Imagine a, that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I Do you hate imagine. love and peace and happiness? And Well, look, there's nothing wrong with peace, love, and understanding. You know, I don't <laughs> hey, well, I don't know what's so funny about it, <laughs> for, first of all. But, uh, but yeah, and so... Who's your, but favorite I be- who's your favorite Beatle? George. You hate puppies, yeah. too? Anything else? Sunshine? Rainbows? Anything else you hate? John's like not my favorite Beatle. Lollipops? John's like three for me, maybe. Who? John's my third favorite Beatle, too. Really? I, think, yeah. I feel like a cliche, but I think John is my favorite. Hmm. I have to say. That's okay. Although I didn't... It was only in recent years that I discovered the Paul and the McCartney album, Ram. Ram, yeah. Which has rocketed Paul way up, because yeah. that, that album is front to back. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Octopus's Garden, so uh, that puts uh, Ringo right up there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the song... Uh, it, it Again... Uh, Wes Anderson, the way he uses music and just knows that the, the certain, uh, a certain emotional beat that a song will hit for somebody. And this is towards the end of, of the film. It's, it takes place over a montage when there's like a, sort of a sense of reconciliation between the characters and it's, it's kind of a joyful thing. And so, his, so John Lennon's song, uh, Oh Yoko, uh, plays. And I actually like this song a lot. It's... It, He's really, you know, he's celebrating, the song is he's celebrating this woman that he's in love with, and it feels like it. And so uh, uh, we'll go from the beginning. Right from the top, huh? Yep. That's a, it's that's also a symbolic that she's the quote-unquote Yoko breaking up the band. Watch out. I remember one thing. And I love the movie. It's like that's an awesome movie. But I remember when that music came on, I was like, "Well, that's the, they're using the real version." Mm-hmm. And you never really see too many of John Lennon's actual songs in movies. So not really now. The oh, right, fact yeah. that he got the rights to it, I don't know what it must have cost him or who he talked to. But I think he's a guy that people respect as a filmmaker, and so I think you know he gets those kink songs all the time. And it was still only his second film, though. So like, I don't know. And Bottle Rocket didn't really. No, I mean, that's critically, true. People yeah. liked it. Maybe but. maybe Yoko got to see a cut of it and maybe. thought, "Oh, John, John, John would very much like the humor in this." <laughs> was the King song John. in the uh, heist part of uh, Bottle Rocket when they're running through? Um, oh God, I forget. Was another King song when they're doing so, the yeah. when they're doing the robbery, the quote unquote, the worst <laughs> robbery ever? <laughs> Dignan, God damn, he was funny in that movie. <laughs> so funny. Um, uh, do we. What? Go ahead. We started with you, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, you guys so still have... You guys have... We got one more each. And then you guys are closing out your episode? Yep. All right. I'm the gonna fun pl- can continue. We're literally going to know this. The fun will continue. And we can even yeah. take a pee break, which, yeah, I'm that's looking, true. which I'm looking forward to. That's true. Um, I'm going to say that this next song I'm going to play is the most perfect 
soundtrack song of all time. Hmm. And the reason being is... Well, he already played Party Man. Yeah. Hold Slow it down there. If this song doesn't work in the movie, then the movie, the entire movie fails. It fails. <laughs> I bet I know what it is. Do you know what I, it I is? I don't think I do. Don't say it. All right. But I'm going to play it. I'm going to take it right from the play top. It, don't say it. You're right, and if that song doesn't yeah. work, because yeah. they're a one-hit wonder, and if right. it's not a hit song... The Oneaters. That was, that was my biggest argument <laughs> it's about... It's the Oneaters. <laughs> that's my biggest argument for why that song should have won Best Song that year. Yeah. It was nominated. It did not mm-hmm. win. I don't remember. So probably some Disney piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Because uh, that... You're absolutely right. It's any, any movie they, about it, art... Yeah. Or about a great artist yeah. that like, is fictional. Mm-hmm. Um, if the art they create isn't good, yeah. then it's like, I've lost interest. I yep. now think you shouldn't. I shouldn't be watching this. And the song probably plays eight or ten times yeah, throughout the movie. Better. And every time they play it, you love it. You love it even <laughs> yeah. more. Just, yeah. like, just like a one-hit wonder when it comes yeah. in the radio. Just and per- that's why it's they went perfect. To Adam Schlesinger to do the song. Yeah. The Fountains of Wayne. Because yeah. he's the guy for that. He also did, along with Adam Dirt, mm-hmm. the Counting Crows did the original songs for the very underrated Josie and the Pussycats movie. Yeah. I had Marshall Crenshaw was on my, uh, on, on rock solid. And, uh, he said that, uh, they asked him to write some songs for that thing you do. And he said, he goes, I, I didn't really try. He goes, I wrote some stuff is, but I didn't really try. And then when the movie came out, he goes, I really wish I would have tried. <laughs> <laughs> but it was kind of, he was like, you could see on the look on his face when he said that, that he's like, yeah, I should have, I should have done better. That whole but, soundtrack um, is great. It's great. Every, every Mr. Song Downtown. There, yeah. <laughs> every song on there is original. Yeah. And they go with different, uh, different styles genres yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a great soundtrack. I love that movie, too. It's just the casting's great. Everything's great. Tom Hanks yeah. wrote and directed and puts himself in it, but not in it, but in a perfect part. Yeah. So good. That is a nice little, uh, little uh, jazz piano. Uh, piece as well with yeah. the character Del Paxton, I think is great. I really thought that um, I really thought Tom Everett Scott would be a bigger deal now after yeah. that movie. I really thought he, yeah. he would do something more, and he just people used to tell me I looked like him. That like yeah, I never really saw. I don't, it. See, I don't see it. I That's can see not it a, a bad bit. thing, yeah, a little bit. I didn't take it badly, but I mean, I just never saw it. But. Oh, I, I should tell you, I find him to be hideous. Oh, okay. Well, oh, yeah. Now I'm taking it as oh, a bad thing. Wait, you do look exactly like <laughs> you, son of a bitch. <laughs> well, I'm going to go for movies that you like. Why don't you let the host introduce you? Oh, shut up. <laughs> the uh, that's the improv we do here. Shut up. <laughs> the uh, yeah, they most most of them yes and I we I do no a lot and of, we I do, do a lot of no but no but. <laughs> Um, this is a song from a movie I hated. I hated the movie. Oh, this boy. Movie, this movie sucks. And 
Oh, you see um, it up at number four. Number four. I hope it's not something I like. Is this it right here? Yeah, yeah, the one. Yeah, because we, we no, because we bumped it. I, yeah, we I skipped moved that, that one. Up. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, this one. And when I walked out, not only did I not like the movie, the music in it drove me bananas. So this is a stinkeroo. Is this what we're is playing. this is a stink bomb right here? And and when you hear it, uh, the movie is Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, I knew it. And I knew the, it was going to be something I love. At each. <laughs> Note was like a dagger through my brain. Here, this started right up. This is a uh, place. Is this Baby movie. Did a Bad Bad right. Thing by no. Chris Isaac? Yeah, everybody get your dancing shoes. Well, am oh I playing God. it right from the beginning? Yeah, yeah. Just go switch. ahead. <laughs> All right, here we I go. I owned this soundtrack. Oh my God. Oh. While things are going so slow, well, they gave them. They gave them. Rolling down the windows and driving up the PCH. Listen to this music, the wind in your hair. He gave a monkey a piano. <laughs> oh, God. I wanted to. They, and, oh, at the end, by the end of it, I just, I was covering my ears. Always going low in the keyboard. Yeah, oh. see? He brought in another hand. Oh, my God. I think this music works for this movie, though. Oh, it yeah. works wonderfully for the film. Did it? Oh, I hated and I it. I say this. I was dry, I remember it did driving drive you bananas? at like 1 a.m. I think it's supposed to drive you bananas. Yeah. Well, it's not supposed to congrats. Uh, relax you. Well, no, but it was to me it was obtrusive, and it took away... I'm thinking of Nicole Kidman's bare butt is what I'm thinking. She right was now. bad in that movie. I think it's maybe her best role. <laughs> well, when she tried to be high when she smoked weed, oh, and yeah. this is obviously someone who's never gotten high before because it she, was pre Botox and she looked, looked amazing. Well, yeah. So okay, imagine. Yeah, please I, take that out before I choke you. <laughs> oh oh my God! I'm taking the phones off. I'm taking them off. <laughs> so I okay. hated it. I you own- did ticket. I know. Well, that's what I think. I, sometimes I, I don't bring all my favorites. Uh, he we, doesn't. He brings a stink bomb, bring a stink too, bomb which is, in which there, is actually good for, about, for comedy. Know, it breaks for, it up. Yeah. I really uh, wish I'd brought the uh, Good Burger soundtrack. If I, oh, if God. So tell us, tell us in party here about you in uh, so Eyes Wide Shut. I was driving Shut. in Springfield, Missouri at 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. I owned this soundtrack. Uh, and Why? I was listening Why to it. Why would you do this to yourself? Because I tend to get pulled over stuff that is atmospheric. And I got genuinely, like... Frightened listening to this. It's dark. I'm driving around alone, and I'm just like, "What am I scared of? Nothing's going to happen." But for but I just I was I was on edge. That that piece of music puts yeah, me on. Edge. You got to throw in the monkey's greatest hits at that point. <laughs> I know. Uh, you like Eyes Wide Shut? I think it's wonderful. But really? I'm a I'm a I'm a Kubrick fan. I'm a so am I. So was I before that. I do love that movie. I wouldn't. I don't know that I'd drive around and listen to that song. But I think it fits with the, for the movie. I used to I, like I used to lot. listen to a lot more like film scores mm. and that sort of thing uh, than I do now. Mm. But uh, and just basically anything that that evoked a, an emotional response from me in the film is something that I would go on and. Purchase. Yeah, just something I. I don't know why this came to me. Well, it came to me because it hit me in a way. I don't really have a, a reaction to film music as yeah. much unless it's like a like rock or something like right, that. Right, right. But that one really kind of like jumped out at me by the end of the movie because I guess I wasn't enjoying the movie. Mm. And then when that thing comes on again by the, by the <laughs> yeah. second hour into it, I'm just like, I, I'm going to kill myself. Now, I'm going to kill myself. I haven't seen Birdman. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. See? I haven't seen Birdman yet, but I understand that the soundtrack a lot of has drumming. Like some incessant a lot of like, drumming. That yeah, is too, but it? I like that movie, though. And, uh, but I could see if you don't like the movie, that would get... Did you guys see Birdman? I did. Yeah, he liked it a lot more than I did. I think, mm. Yeah, I, I actually don't love the soundtrack. Okay, How's, I, I, uh, it's it's jarring and it does put you on edge. It's which for that film, 
everything about that film is trying to put you mm-hmm. on edge. Uh, and it's uh, it's an interesting choice that I think I understand more than I actually enjoy. Enjoy it. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> well, I didn't know that was going to be the last one. See, yeah, I, I had lined it up. You know, it's, it's, it's battleship on, pretension. We're going out of, on Kubrick. That's well, yeah, speaking bad. of being on edge, we got a cliffhanger here. Oh, yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap up. We're Battleship Retention. You can find us at Battleship Retention and follow us at David at Battleship Retention or Tyler. Uh, sorry, um, email us, David at BattleshipRetention.com or Tyler at BattleshipRetention.com. I'm on Twitter at The Pretension. Tyler's on Twitter at Tyler Pretension. I have a podcast called Hey, Watch This. It's about TV. Um, we're th- recording three weeks ahead of time, so I have no idea what we're talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. this week. <laughs> Tyler has a podcast called More Than One Lesson. You can find that at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Where can people find you guys and Rock Salad and other stuff? On the I have internet. a podcast called Hey, What's This? It's uh, I talk about any kind of new freckles or lesions I've had. I have doctors call in. You know, as as we get older, you'll have more and more to I'm talk have about. More than, oh, I have plenty. Tons to talk about on that. Um, you have Pat, the Travel Tales. I have, have uh, the Travel Tales, Tales podcast. podcast, which Tyler was nice enough to do. Yeah. Uh, back before I actually traveled. That's right. I, I could come we back. We talked about the say, one place you hey, went. I've been places now. Yeah. So, TravelTalesPodcast.com. And I'm at Twitter at TravelTalesPod and FunnyMike.com. I'm oh, at, and Funny Mike at Twitter. Uh, you can follow uh, me at Pat underscore Francis. You can follow Rock Solid at Rock, uh, Rock Solid Show. Um, and uh, if you want to hear more, I guess you tune in this coming Thursday to hear part two of this great episode. Absolutely. All right. right. Thanks for, hey, thanks for being on the show, guys. Thanks for for having us us here. Yeah. And again, listeners, the second half of this episode will not be a Battleship Retention episode. Yeah. You can find it at Rock Salad. Just to make that clear. It'll be in our dojo. And we'll be, we'll be tweeting and doing all the social network stuff so that you, so I couldn't find part two. As hard as I tried, it wasn't there. (laughs) That is a pretty good summing up of our listeners. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, thanks for being here. Thank you. There's a lot um, of you. Thanks, guys. Here in your studio. And thanks you, thank for you, thanks to you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.